Uh, let's go to Malachi 3, because I've been rehearsing what has been spoken during this time of tabernacles. For me, uh, it's important because the things that were spoken have been spoken or roadmap for myself. The things that I see that God wants to not just um, cease experience, but empower us to be able to experience it. This whole fine dresser and the things, this vintage wine, and everything that Bob Sorge had built on, um, I've been looking at the fragrance that the uh, vine dresser receives from the wine, excuse me, from the grapes and the wine. And then I was looking at Seth speaking about the very same thing as every place, every home, every city, every nation will have a fragrance of its own. And watching the parallels of everything that God has been speaking. But in Malachi 3, I just wanted to bring this. He says, Behold, I am coming to send my messenger, and he will clear the way before me. The Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like a fuller's soap. When we were taking communion, I wanted to make it so real for all of you because I've been pressing in this last week to try to find a way to express my gratitude, but also the awareness of how you've each persevered, purposed in your own way, to walk through what we're presently being asked to do. This is a place that we've talked about. It's a place that we've, in some ways, prepared for through the Word through the expression of our lives, the different things that have uh, been before us for God to complete, but also recognizing the depth of your, of your personal experience of what's taking place. <clears throat> and so as I've been looking at your lives, watching what's taking place, allowing the very expression of my heart to somehow uh, yield itself to what the Lord could do to uh, increase the ability for me to be able to be a part of what you're experiencing. The leadership here has been uh, taking quite a bit of time, uh, not just the building next door, but trying to really hear the Lord as to how we're going to see these next weeks and months unfold. Sean Wilder started well. He gave us all kind of a direction of where the Lord is trying to bring us. Kathy has the prophetic, prophetic side of it. Um, I have probably the the you can say fathering or the, um, the pastoral setting, if you will. When I was looking at us taking communion, realizing that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. And if any time he was, he is now, describing to the Father what you and I are experiencing, what he's asked us to do, asked us to do. Because Jesus knew that every word had to be fulfilled concerning his life that was written about him. The Father allowed him to become a 100% human being, 100% flesh, with all the same feelings, lead blood, required food to eat, but all the emotional things and all the places in his life that <clears throat> can't even imagine the stress and the very things that weighed upon him every day. 
but it was really designed by the Father more than just bringing a, a salvation to man through that only sacrifice being Jesus Christ, 100% man. But also an opportunity for the Father to really hear the expression of what humanity feels. I don't think there's been ever a time because of my age, uh, maybe during the Vietnam era a little bit, where there was this distrust for government, hatred for government, hatred for military, police, uncertainty. We had the Cuban crisis, wondering if there was going to be missiles sent from Cuba through Russia. All these different things, and I don't believe there's ever been a time that's uh, anything like this. And so realizing that we have an advocate, and I don't know how to make that so real to you or more personal, because often we look at the scriptures, we look at those before us, even some of the ministries that we may know, that we think that uh, they were immune to what you and I are going through and what we're feeling, what we're experiencing, failure. The unbelief, the testing, the doubt. Um, there isn't probably a morning that doesn't go by in my prayer time that I look at Paul's life and for him to be beaten, pretty much left for dead, get up the next morning so whether it be the disciples prayed for him and he was rose from the dead or somehow healed his afflictions. <coughs> but he continued to press on to that which was the mark of the prize of the high calling. And so this morning, um, I think it's important for all of you to realize that whatever you are personally experiencing, the depth of the emotions, the depth of the places that you're being challenged or questioned, or even for yourself, places of unbelief. Because my, my strength is when I see the Lord just sitting next to the Father because uh, they're sitting with each other. We have this idea that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father like they're in some kind of a uh, uh, prestigious setting. But it has to be a humble setting that the Father is so passionate about his creation. And I believe in part not just for Jesus to rule at his right hand being Jesus, but I really believe the Father wanted to really hear the emotions what humanity goes through. Mind you, the Father had Adam and Eve in the garden. So he could talk to them every day, but there was not sin involved. He had a relationship with them, and the Word says he walked in the cool of the morning. And the fact that Adam recognizes the Father's steps chose to hide means that Adam, humanity, knew the footsteps, the sound of God's feet and when he walked. And so, because where we find ourselves in the fallen state, somehow we lose sight. Jesus was 100% man. He came to restore humanity back to that relationship that Adam and Eve had before the fall. So in turn, when you and I, when you're crying out to the Father, I believe Jesus has the Father's ear. 
Because the Father wants to know exactly, Chad, what you're going through. Because if he can count every hair on your head, if he's written the book concerning you, then is he not passionate to know what you're feeling as you're walking through that story? Because when the teardrop fell, when you see in the movie, when Jesus was on the cross and he said it was finished, that teardrop came upon the mercy seat, and that's when the earthquake took place, and the veil was rent. No longer was there a separation between man and God. You and I were given access through Jesus Christ to come face to face with the Father, not requiring a burning bush, not requiring animal sacrifices to be able to go into the Holy of Holies once a year into the presence of God. And I often look at the book of Psalms. There was somebody asking me that there was somebody that wanted to bring the Bible as part of their homeschooling for one of their children or granddaughter, I'm not sure what it was, and wanted to know where to begin to read. I said, well, I said, to me, the closest person, words that are easily identifiable in every day of your life is the book of Psalms. Because David was a frail, frail, frail man. But you know what's amazing, and again, I look at the examples that keep me focused, keep me encouraged, because the word is what we stand on. But realizing David was the type and shadow of Jesus, both king and priest, where Jesus after the order of Melchizedek as the high priest. Now, mind you, in the Old Testament, only once a year could the priest, the Levite priest, go into the Holy of Holies. But the word says, and I believe all of those psalms came because David was able to enter into the Holy of Holies. And I believe so many of those psalms had to come because he was crying out before the Father and he was prostrate before the altar. I believe that's where many of those songs were birthed. In that relationship with the Father. So what does the word say? David had a heart after God. So I'm saying all of this is because when Jesus is speaking to the Father, most of the time you and I feel like we are the only ones that are going through this. Elijah, when he was running from Jezebel and Ahab. Now mind you, this still amazes me. He had all of the priests of Baal come, and they were going to establish an altar. And Elijah, of course, poured water over his altar. And they said, whichever God sets the altar on fire is the true God. Elijah even had him put trenches all around. So he told the priests of Baal, you go first. He even mocked them, even fun of them, even to the point where then it was his turn. He even poured buckets of water on that sacrifice, on that altar, if you will, and God lit it on fire. And the very next experience that Elijah had is he ran for his life. Hello. 
So Elijah runs for his life in a cave. The Lord came to him and said, why are you hiding? And so I'm, I, I, what's important is when we're now walking through this setting, I'm hoping that as you are crying out, because our intercession, our prayer and fasting list has now been really emphasized or purposed, and so the reality that Jesus is really sitting at the next right hand of the Father, and everything that you say, everything that's spoken, has context. It has a personal experience. It has a name attached to it, which is you, and all the things that you're praying for. Because the Father, in the Word, he is an emotional person. He cries. He's moved, travails, he cries out for his creation. So in turn, as you're beginning to see where we now are asking to go, I'm looking at Kyle. I'm looking at the place of worship that he's found. You've noticed that he's moved into more chords. He's moving differently because he's pressing into places, I think both personally for himself, but also he wants to be able to minister to us. Because when we come in on Wednesday nights, he ministers the word, word, ministers in worship for an hour. And so that's really my heart. Um, I, 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 I don't want to go any further than that because that's the depth of my heart this morning. We are going to be enabled in our prayer time, in our time before him, to have the assurance and the access to know that when you're crying out to him or speaking to him or talking to him, he understands. He's right there. He's going to take the moment. He's going to seize the moment. And that's where heaven and earth going to come together. That's why that thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because he's going to make sure that the very things that he has spoken and written concerning you are going to have the ability to see you walk it out. Amen? Anything you want to add? So Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for the access to communion. Holy Spirit, I would ask that this morning that there be such substance where the Word becomes flesh this morning. In the songs, as we sang more than just songs this morning, we worship you in spirit and in truth this morning, Father. Holy Spirit, let those songs of deliverance, songs of healing, words of life, become our flesh this morning. We find the places of deliverance and healing that comes as the counselor, as the beloved. And then Father is communion this morning. Jesus did miracles. People broke bread together. Father, would you let the power of the blood of your son Jesus 
broken body. It was broken at the cross. Father, would you let our experience be so real that the word would become flesh, that we would recognize who we are in your body, in your family. And that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the living word of our testimony. And Father, let this part, this reality of our relationship with your son seated at your right hand, every expression of joy, of hurt, of sorrow, injustice, of crying out. Your son expresses every emotion, every feeling that's brought through those words. And that we, Father, Word becomes flesh. You dwelt among us, in us, and through us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Barbara Dean, she's got a little something she'd like to share. Come on, Barb. Sure. I just wanted to share with you that um, this morning I just said, Lord, where would you like me to go in the Word or in Betty? I've been reading that, and it's blessed me. And I and I tell you, if you have picked up Betty's book, um, you know, renewing, you know, the woman that you are or the man that you are to God, it is so worth it. Becoming God-minded. I mean, it's it's an amazing, amazing book. And just let it open your heart, let it search your heart. Um, I just wanted to share with you this morning. Um, I was listening to some music this morning, soft music, soaking music, <laughs> and um, I didn't get this from the Word, I just got this from another source, but it said, the Lord says, come back, restitution, restoration, and recompense are within are, are written over you, over your life today, sorry, prepare for the supernatural impact of my divine comeback over your life. I declare that over all of us. I declare it over Washington today. There's 10,000 believers over there, and they are declaring, and they are. we have to stand with them. So I'm declaring that over um, all of us today, over our lives. Um, we just have to believe that God is going to show up. He's already <laughs> shown up and continue to, in Jesus' name. <laughs> Hallelujah. Many parts make one family, right? Thank you, Barbara Dean. All right, for those of you that are watching this morning, we bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Let God continue to manifest to make himself real in your lives. And may you be the overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of his testimony, our testimony. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen.